Yes. Silly ho. Silly ho. Silly ho. Okay. Also not yeah. what I was thinking. Listen, you can't make a balloon analogy with another balloon analogy. Welcome to the Socially Distant Craft Club Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Cockrell. It's Monday, November 16th, 2020. This is Season 1, Episode 4, titled The Twisting Sister from Another Mister, Part 2. In Part 1 of this episode, we sat down with Rachel Baker of thetwistingsister.com. She's a Cincinnati-based balloon artist. We talked about how she got into balloon twisting in the first place, but this episode is all about where she's going next. So get cozy, yes, right now, get cozy, grab a project to work on, and enjoy Season 1, Episode 4 of the Socially Distant Craft Club Podcast. We have well, a lot of good banter. How long have we known each other? I mean, it is pretty shocking. Two th- oh, let's no. I almost said 2001, and that is not true. That is not true. That's the year 1999. Mm-hmm. That 1990, yep. no, 98 was 98. No, oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Was that really it? Because it was the year of 1999. Was yes. when I was in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep, because I was, yep. Oh, so I have known you since 1998. Yeah. How, you do the math on that. How much? How many? Twenty-two years. Uh, Is that right? Uh, pretty close. Let's see. Twenty. 20 yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No. Is that yes? Oh my God! Nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> Two thousand. No, we can. We're smarter than this. We can do this. You were right. Twenty-two years. Twenty-two years. Good grief. God, we old. <laughs> We old. We've known. We have known each other for twenty-two years. I mean, I rounded up. Let's. <laughs> I rounded up, people. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Rachel, we were just getting to the good, gossipy, juicy part of this. We're talking about imposter syndrome when it comes to crafting. When you're talking about like the difference between art and craft and and all that i my goal one of my lesser goals for this whole podcast for this whole experiment is i guess to shatter the barrier between art and craft you know w- when we think of art we think of painting we think of composition we think of ballet right when right. we think of craft we think of crocheting we think of uh, you know scrapbooking scrapbooking yeah you know it, it, and there's like this discrepancy I'm like what is the difference what is the difference is it the medium is it that you are unable to make meaningful art in in a it, with a scrapbooking medium because that's not I mean like that's not a thing because there's like uh decoupage and you can do um yeah mosaic work you can do like um what do they call that it's like collage you can do like collage collage work like there's if you go to the mat if anybody can go i guess you can go to the mat now but if you go to the mat there are pieces in the mat with uh or in um moma that are collage or they're mixed media like it doesn't mean that that is not 
artistic or that it is not art. So I'm like, who is the gatekeeper here? Who is the person that's saying making balloon art is not art? It is a trade. It is a thing that you hire in the same sense that like, if you're a clown, you're just a clown. I mean, like if you're a clown, that's, that's what you do. It's not performance art. So I'm really interested in this um, intersection that you're at where you are sort of leaning into a trade and more so than that you're leaning into an art form of creating something where there was nothing you're you're making something out of balloons like do you do you have what are your thoughts on that well first I would say that I didn't I never really thought of myself as an artist until I started making things to display like bigger pieces once I started making bigger pieces, I was like, oh, this is kind of like an art form. I get it now. Why it wasn't an art form before when it was just a really cool flamingo, I don't know. But in my brain, for whatever reason, it has to be something extravagant to be considered art. And that's not the case. When I think about I draw a lot of parallels a lot of comparisons to like knitting and crocheting because that's as a crafter quote as a crafter that's sort of my craft um i do paint i do sing i play piano i compose like i write songs but if i was going to put knitting and crocheting into a box if it had to be art or craft i would probably put it into the crafting box but i i think the one of the distinctions for me that people tend to have is like is there a set like instructions if you're going to do like bob ross is that really art or is that crafting is paint by numbers right. art or is it crafting if you, if somebody else has decided what the steps are and how to make the thing if they have made the decisions does that mean that you're not an artist you are a crafter what do you think about that yeah i Yes, I can speak to that because I always felt like if I was following a tutorial or looking at an image that somebody else had made and trying to replicate it, I always felt like, well, this isn't art. This is just me playing around and trying to make something similar to what they've made. It's almost as if you consider art only being art if it comes from your brain does that make sense like Mm -hmm. so for example recently I did a um, a giant boot I made a giant boot Um, it was like nine feet wide by like I don't know seven feet tall I made it for breast cancer awareness month and it was all pink with a black sole and it had a light pink cancer ribbon on it and it's and I made a sign that said let's give breast cancer the boot and you know breast cancer is something that's very close to me close to my heart I thankfully have not had to fight it and neither has anybody in my family but I have several friends who have I walk in the Susan G. Komen three-day walk every year if you guys remember last year we auctioned off a one of Cody's beautiful blankets and he helped me raise a lot of money doing so and this year we're going to auction off another one 
Uh, yes, we are. Yeah, I have to take pictures of it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably, again, you're probably already listening. Uh, you're you're a member of the choir that we're preaching to, unless you're listening to this in the distant future. Uh, in which case, I'm sorry that blanket has been sold. Anyway, so you're making a giant boot. You made a giant boot for breast cancer awareness. Yes. And I didn't have anything to go by. This was the first time that I made something this big that I didn't have something made out of balloons to go by. I have sketches on graph paper where I sketched out the whole thing and figured out how many balloons it was going to be and figured out what the dimensions were going to be and and how I'm going to connect them all and how like all that math stuff that everybody said we, that I, I mean that I always said I would never use <laughs> newsflash <sighs> balloons mean math balloons mean math you heard it here first folks <laughs> balloons mean math Um, That's right. I always love ask. I don't want to sidetrack you too much, but I've, I always no, 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 it's okay. I love asking people about their process. Honestly, I spend a lot of time like just thinking about it, thinking, like just being very mindful and having like a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil or something to write with, and just like, okay, I have this idea, and then I might sketch something out. And if that looks okay, I'll be like, okay. And, I, and I'm by no means in a, a drawer. So, you know, I have to use my imagination. But <laughs> <laughs> I sketch it out to the best of my ability. And, and then I call my sister, Laura, who's an architect, and say, do this math for me because I don't need math. Math is stupid. So really, you don't know math. <laughs> you just have a sister who does know math. Yes, exactly. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Or I or I do the math and then I get her to check it. That okay. All right. I'll buy that. Yeah. It's really the first. Thing. <laughs> so balloons <laughs> do not equal math. Sister equals math. I guess the the thing that I'm getting from you is that you you spend a lot of time conceptualizing. You spend a lot of time yes just thinking it like mulling it over, ruminating. Like how many yes. other ways can I say thinking it over? I don't know. At what point do you say all right apparently according to this thing i've got to have 600 balloons and they have to be you know this pink color because that's the pink color like i have to buy 600 balloons i hope i'm right Right. or you do what i did and bought the balloons before you sketched it out because you're you're a real real smart person oh okay (laughs) Okay. So this worked out for you well then. It did work out for me. I, 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 I did run out of balloons. It wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be, but it turned out that it didn't need to be any bigger. Great. So in the end, it worked out to my benefit. But yes, I, I, I highly recommend <laughs> doing the math portion of this first. But as I said, this is my first time doing something like this. So I didn't know what I was doing. If you had known, like looking back on it, if you had known what all was involved in making a giant balloon boot in your apartment complex's like front yard, like 
or no, was it, it was at your at your your business at, my work. at your work? Yeah. If you had known what all was involved, would you have still done it? Um, I probably would have been less confident about it mm. if I knew what all was entailed. I feel like I went into it with a lot of confidence, and I was like, "I can do this. It's not a problem. I'm not scared." So, all right. Fast forward now that you've gone through that struggle and the struggle is real. And here at the the socially distant craft club, we love the struggle because the struggle means that you're growing. Absolutely. Having done that, would you do it again? Oh yes, in a heartbeat. <sighs> I love to hear that. It was so much fun. Yeah. Was it? Okay. What? Tell me about it. So I have specific questions for you. <laughs> Question okay. number one. I hope you're taking notes. Question number one. How did you ask your boss to install a giant pink boot in the front yard? <laughs> Question number two, what did you hear from your coworkers? Question number three, what did you hear from anybody else? Like, like, did you tell people, oh my God, drive by, you know, Jelly Ho and see this giant boot? <laughs> by the way, Jelly Ho is, is the company she works for. <laughs> I just like saying, yes. Jelly Ho! Jelly Ho! Jelly Ho! Okay, so question one, um, how did I ask my boss? Pretty much everyone knows that I raise money for breast cancer, but we have amazing people that I work with and a lot of people that are breast cancer survivors that are more than happy to help. The Jelly Hope people are awesome. And so I just went to Lisa, that's the name of my boss, and and I said, I have this idea about putting up a big display for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I was wondering if I could put it on the property, outside. Um, and she immediately was just like, yeah, that sounds cool. And, um, she was like, wait, what's it going to be? <laughs> she, you know what she thought it was going to be? <laughs> well, funny story. <laughs> Go ahead. My original concept was to do a pink bra. Okay. Also not yeah. what I was thinking. Well, good. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So you were going to do a my original my original concept yeah. was to do a, a pink bra, a giant pink bra, okay. because I thought out of everything, that's going to be the most noticeable thing that it's going to be for breast cancer because they need support. And then <laughs> she was like, no, that is inappropriate. We cannot have you putting a giant pink bra on. Our you should have said, well, my Absolutely friend Cody, they, his thought was, OK, anyway, moving on. You're going to have to tell me later what that song okay. was. Okay, well, if, you know, when you listen back to this podcast, you'll know. So my immediate thought after she totally shut down the bra was, I can make a giant boot. Which sounds less complicated. Yes, definitely. Honestly, it was the easier, uh, it was definitely the easier design. And let this be a lesson that sometimes your first option, your first idea is maybe not the best idea. Maybe it's not the best right. solution. Uh, yeah. Or dare I say it, the best uh, fit, you know, the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So you made this boot. Yeah. Nobody else had ever made a giant boot. Not and posted it on the internet. And anyway. I don't know why they wouldn't. But the bra, I had a picture of. And so I Wait, would have so, probably... Wait, so, no, 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 no. You're yeah, not telling this... me that somebody made a gigantic yes. bra? Yeah. Somebody made a gigantic bra, but they did not make a gig... 
Okay, I... I'll drop pictures in the comments. Please do, because I need to see a gigantic bra, balloon bra. How, it's a how thing. large is this balloon bra? It's huge. Let me put it to you this way. If you were to fill the cups, you'd have to use a weather balloon. Oh, my God. I, I also, you're, listen, you can't make a balloon <laughs> analogy with another balloon analogy. I don't know how large a weather balloon is. They're huge. Okay. So you were going into uncharted territory. Not only that, but this all occurred just last month. So my entire month was completely booked with balloon shenanigans, which I love, but can be a little overwhelming at times. You have gone from the Chick-fil-A gig of going, I can't make a lion. All these people are asking for lions. Everybody wants me to, to make a lion. Just suddenly going, I love balloon gigs. They're overwhelming at times, but I love them. Oh yeah. my God. Like, what is it? Can I pause real quick? How many years have passed since the chick, uh, the, the, the chick filet? The, that's very chic. The chic filet gig. <laughs> How many years have passed? 10. That is important to know because if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening either because you're related to either me or Rachel. And if you are, Please share this with your friends. It is your familial duty. Yes. If you're listening to this because of some random algorithm, we love you too. We just don't know you yet. Or you're in the Facebook group, the Socially Distant Craft Club Facebook group. It is important to know that if you're just starting something new, hang in there, boo-boo. Give it 10 years. Absolutely. Hang in there. Embrace the struggle for a little while. It's going to suck. I'm sorry, mom, for using that word, but it's going to suck for a little while. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be ugly you're going to make some sweaters that don't look good you're going to make some balloon animals that are going to pop and that's how yeah. life is hang and they're going to pop multiple times while you're making them into a child's face oh, and this you're like how does a 5 year old have PTSD I don't know but suddenly this child <laughs> is screaming in my face and this parent is screaming in my face because this kid managed to fight in Nam like he was just born in 2011 <laughs> but apparently he's anyway that that, which, by the way, is not five years ago. My producers are just telling me. So <laughs> so you've been at Twisting Balloons for 10 years. You've made the transition yes. from going to, oh, my God, what am I doing? To, I know what I'm doing. It's still stressful, but I love it. I'm making a giant boot. Wow. Yes. So wh what about your friends, your coworkers, your friends? What are people saying about this giant boot? Because it was so big, I had to assemble it on site. People passing by got the opportunity to watch this come together and I had people driving by and honking their horn <laughs> shouting out at me hey you're doing a great job what's it gonna be <laughs> you know <laughs> stuff like that um it was on a Saturday that I was putting it up they were having um we were there were some people working overtime um at my work at Jelly Ho so you know when my balloon pump battery died I had to go into the lunchroom area to plug it in so that I could finish inflating the rest of the balloons. And everybody was like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> they were inside and I was outside the front. Right. And they had no idea this, that this was going on. They were like, what is, what is going on? And it gave me an opportunity not only to talk about my balloons, but also spread to people who work on different shifts than I do about breast cancer. Mm. 
people would drive by, got random text messages throughout the day. Hey, I saw you out there putting that up. It looks really great. did really good for two days and then it rained and stormed and the wind blew it over mm. and then and then the rest of the time it was your boot fell down <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's all i heard your boot fell down yes yes all right yeah, I'm aware. yep yep well <laughs> yep it's a, mm-hmm. it happens to real boots too it sure <laughs> does uh especially <laughs> you, you know you would imagine a, a boot made of a boot made of balloons a balut if you will um so i have you're telling me this story i have a couple of questions so the first question that i have is i find it easier to ask for money for things that i make if i'm not getting the money for them like there's a the the church that i go to that well it used to be around the corner but I, i recently moved to a different neighborhood in brooklyn but um it used to be around the corner they have a a a food pantry and so once a week they feed the homeless and then a different day of the week they give groceries to people who are in need they can go sure and they pick up groceries and it's, it's incredible that they get this funding to do this and it's also by donations and it's by it's community driven as well um the greenpoint food pantry uh if you are uh, wanting to to donate money, they're incredible. They do they do really great things. The Greenpoint Food Pantry. I was like, I, I just like I'm only one person. I can't donate a lot of money. I don't have a lot of money. I got to pay rent. I got to do my own food pantry. There's not some. I can't. I can't do that. So then I was thinking, what can I do? I mean, I'm really busy. I can't really donate that many hours, and I don't know if that is going to be an, an impact. So selfishly, I'm like, is there something that I enjoy doing personally that wouldn't be a huge impact to my life that would be a big benefit to somebody else? And so I thought maybe I could create something that somebody else would be interested in and I could maybe generate money that way. So then I came up with the idea and I've had this idea for a while. And on my personal Facebook page, I've used this a lot of times. I'll make something and then I'll auction it off. So it's not, Mm -hmm. you don't put the ownership on, sometimes it's like, it goes to the higher, highest bidder, which then it's like, okay, well, I'm making this thing. And then suddenly you have to pay, you know, a hundred dollars for it. That's kind of like at a certain point with a regular auction, people go, okay, I don't have a lot of money either. Right. What gets fun is if you raffle it off. So everybody has a little bit of a chance to get it. You might pay $10 for a ticket. And you still have a chance, even if the, the money that you raise is a lot more than that. So what I ended up doing was to benefit this this charity, uh, I, I made sort of a wrap, a big luscious silk and mohair scarf thing. And it was fun for, for me to make because it was nice materials and somebody would like it because it was high quality materials. I ended up making, I think, $350 on this one wrap. Uh, wrap. And nobody... I would not have sold that wrap for $350. Sure. But because everybody pitched in uh, and I donated all the money to, to the, um, the food pantry. And and we did a similar thing, I think last year with, uh, with your uh, Susan G. Komen 
walk. I, I yes. made a blanket and that was part of the, the shtick. And I think that, that there's a lot to be said about letting people have access to the process. People love the process. Yeah. That's why people watch these process videos of making recipes and making artwork and why we love Bob Ross. Cause we all sit there and go, Ooh, you just messed that up. And then all of a sudden it's a mountain. <laughs> I'm like, how did you do that? I watched you do it and you messed it up and now it's really good. I made this blanket thinking, Oh my gosh, this is kind of a big job. And I've never really done this kind of thing before. And with Rachel's help, we, how much did we raise like $500 or something? We, yeah, it was at least 500. I don't like remember. Like 550 exactly now, or but... something. Yeah. My question is this then, is it easier for you to create art and sell it if the money doesn't go to you? Yes. Can you speak to that? hundred percent. hundred percent. I feel like, I feel like when the money goes to me, that it's not worth it. Cause you know, then there you are again, being the artist thinking that your work isn't worth mm. whatever, but when you're doing it for another cause, you're like going out of your way to make sure that it is 120% perfect. Not that you wouldn't necessarily do that for your customers too. You would, but it's, there's something about doing something for a cause that just makes you want to make it that much more memorable mm. a word jumped into my mind craftsmanship like if you're going to make cabinets if you're going to be a cabinet maker there's a certain craftsmanship of making cabinets all of the seams line up everything is how it's supposed to be the balloons did not pop the stitches did not get pulled out right my right. question in a very roundabout way is your craftsmanship does not change whether you're making something for yourself meaning personally for yourself or or to sell at a fair or carnival or something or whether you're making something for a good cause a worthy cause right your craftsmanship is right. consistent you're going to make something the best that you can make it because that is your integrity as an artist and as a craftsman right why is it that we value our work more when we are not receiving the money. I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. If you're listening to this podcast right now and wondering, how can I help? How can I make this better? How can I guilt Cody into making more episodes? The best way you can do that is through cold, hard cash. You can become a monthly sponsor today. The best news is it's so easy and it's not even that expensive. It's like 99 cents a month or $4.99 or $9.99 if you really love me. There's a link in the description, but you can also go to anchor.fm slash socially distant craft club slash support. Wow, that's a lot. Maybe just click on the link. We want to keep doing what we're doing, but we can't do it. It's not like a charity gig for ourselves. Like, you know, you balloon, people don't just give you balloons. You have to go and buy balloons. People don't just give right. me, well, sometimes people give me yarn, but like they don't give me good yarn. 
I have to go and get the good yarn um, or paints and canvases, right? People have to, you have right. to, to buy the supplies. You have to put in the time. So it's like, it's worth something. You have put in thousands of hours making balloon sculptures. How do you go about valuing yourself and valuing your business and valuing your trade? I ask you that in, in the, uh, in the light of offering advice to other people who are saying, I put thousands of hours into getting myself here. I'm a quilter or, you know, I write songs or, you know, I, I garden, I, I, whatever it is that they do, whatever their art is or their craft, they've, they're really invested in it, but they can't seem to uh, value themselves. Would you, do you have any advice to offer them? I'm going to come at this from a different angle because you're reminding me of a conversation that I had with my, my friend's daughter who um, is an artist as well. And she does um, sketches and digital, digital drawings. Ooh, that was a hard word to say. I had commissioned her to do a drawing for me. And anybody that knows me knows that I'm a giant Harry Potter nerd. And I love balloon animals. So I asked her to do a drawing for me of a hand holding a wand, shooting out the uh, Patronus spell, and my Patronus would be a balloon animal. I was talking to her about it, and I said, well, how much do you want for it? And she said, well, no, 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 you're my friend. I'm going to make it for you for free. And I'm like, no, no, you need to, you need to charge me. There's going to come a time in your life when you realize that your work is worth something and all of these people that you've just given stuff mm. away to are going to start taking advantage of you. I learned that the hard way and I, I'm, I'm hoping that she doesn't have to learn it the hard way, but she probably will. Even if, even if you just throw a number out there, just throw it out. It's it, it's not going to hurt anybody's feelings if, you know, and they might try to haggle with you, but you have to stand your ground and know your worth. There have been times when, when I've given people quotes and they're like, there's absolutely no way I'm paying that much for a bunch of balloons. And I'm like, well, I apologize. If you can find somebody to do it cheaper, then, then hats off to you. You had mentioned that you went through kind of a dark period and that's why you started twisting balloons. I was dealing with some pretty severe depression, eating everything in sight and crying at the drop of a hat for no apparent reason. I remember thinking to myself, I need a hobby. I need something that's going to keep my hands and my brain busy. Like, I was having such a hard time finding happiness in my life anymore, and twisting balloons was filling that hole. It was weird. Then when I started getting um, gigs and seeing the looks on people's faces, seeing the looks on little kids' faces when you would make something and it looked like what they were expecting it to look like, and they were just in awe of you and your, and your talent... But, I mean, even 10 years later, I find myself, if I start to feel down, I'll be like, let me see if I can, let me see if I can make something. Let me, 
I wonder if I can make a treasure chest out of balloons. And I'll just start putting stuff together. And it might not be the right colors because I might not have them. But there have been plenty of times when I've just been in a down place and been like, all right, I need, I need mm. something. I need, I need a fix. Let's see. Let's see what I can find on the on the old YouTube. See if I can figure out how to make these. Now, I'm not saying that it's the end all be all for my depression, because because it's not. Sometimes you need help, and sometimes you need medicine or or whatever. Definitely, you know, mm-hmm. go to your doctor and all that good stuff. But you know, my therapist tells me all the time. He's like, it sounds like you need a craft night. How important is a community like the Socially Distant Craft Club? Like, how important is that to you as far as keeping you going? It is really important to me. Even, and it doesn't even matter that there may not be another balloon artist on that site. There may be, I don't know. But having like minded people that you can bounce things off of is so important. There have definitely been instances where I've gone in there and been like, I want to make something new. What do you guys want to see out of balloons? Or, you know, different situations like that where you kind of um, draw people in that way. And then they get excited because they want to see what you do. I reach out to people all the time and say, hey, I have this idea. What do you think? Whatever. Do you think I can pull this off? I tend to need um, reassurance from people a lot. Like, and and normally they're like, "Are you <laughs> kidding me? Are you really asking me that question?" Of course, you can yeah. pull it off. You're amazing. What advice would you give to somebody who is starting something brand new? say they wanted to twist balloons for the very first time or wanted to paint or crochet or write poetry, whatever. What what advice could you give them in, in a little nutshell? Don't give up. Try it. Try everything. Try multiple things. It doesn't have to be one specific thing. I make t-shirts. I used to be a photographer. I like to color. I make things out of vinyl. I, I do all kinds of random crafty things. And it's not uncommon for people to come up to me and be like, can you make this mug for me? Or can you make this t-shirt for me? Or can you make this balloon animal for me? And I'll just sit down and try and figure it out. It's an enjoyable thing to do. Just try it and see if you can do it. Mm. That's the best advice. That's I That's great make. advice. <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us tonight. Make sure that you subscribe to the Socially Distant Craft Club podcast. We are on Spotify, on Apple Music, and and a bunch of other things. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Rachel, for coming on the show. Rachel Baker, uh, balloon artist extraordinaire, thank you for joining us on our show here. Thank you. You've been listening to the Socially Distant Craft Club podcast. My name's Cody, and today our special guest was Rachel Baker. I'm delighted to debut a brand new feature to the podcast. That's right, the super sexy sponsor shout out. I'm looking at you, Katri Inkalainen. 
You are our very first guest on this show and our very first monthly sponsor. Thank you so much for joining the club. If you've got a question for Rachel, or for me for that matter, record a short voice memo and send it to sociallydistantcraftclub at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, let's make something together.